Good day to you all. Welcome back to the Gentle Rambler. This is the first episode of season three. I'd like to start the show by announcing a special listener of the week. His name is Aishak Aslam, and he's an activist from Glasgow, Scotland, and he's just a great friend who really just has a heart of gold. And Aishak wanted to relay this meaningful message to his to my audience. And here it goes. I have a Palestine stall in Glasgow that provides information about the atrocities being committed by the white supremacists and Israeli nationalists who are devoid of any religion and humanity. Shortly, I hope to be part of the Liverpool Fair Arms demonstrations and also the much larger DSEI London Arms Fair. We will eventually shut these arms fairs down. Lastly, free Scotland, free Ireland, free Palestine, and let Kashmir decide their own future. A heavy quotation, Aishak, and I want to thank you for always providing me with honest, imperative information on so many important issues. And one day I'd love to have you on the show. You, sir, are a much-deserved listener of the week. So I had a little change of what we were going to focus on this week. I had a guest um, that was going to be on, and then... uh, Another guest that was uh, going to come on, but but uh, before I go on, let me say something here. Racism is wrong, and I'd hope all my listeners would understand that if, if everyone could just embrace pluralism, but also not to use race as a way of making yourself seem more important, well, I would think that in these modern times, we should all know that arguing or accusations against folks of being racist who more than likely or not won't help the situation. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. I want to bring up the great state of Texas. Yes, home of rodeos, Dallas Cowboys, and now, so very unfortunately, the first state to basically ban abortion. The U.S. Supreme Court has allowed this archaic fetal heartbeat law to stand, as well as not making exceptions for women victims of rape or incest to have a right to have an abortion. Listen, how much further is this country going to regress? I mean, really. And you know what's something? Texas, over the last decade or so, has become a lot closer to becoming, you know, as they say, like a blue state. I have several listeners from Texas, and they're very hip, intelligent folks. But what the hell is going on there, guys? Firstly, they really get a kick out of that death penalty, right? So think about that one. Now they're going to go all crazy with this pro-life issue. Is that like an oxymoron or... Or I guess there's certainly a contradiction. This week, I'm going to bring up a little bit uh, on the U.S. prison system or justice system, but um, that's going to be in a little bit. Um, so right now, I want to bring up uh, Julian Assange. Um, I spoke about him extensively on my episode 15 program, but according to several international news sources, the U.S. is dead set on having Mr. Assange extradited for whatever, charges of treason, I mean, what do they want to do to this man? Have an old-fashioned public execution for someone who dared to tell the truth? As many of you know, the Democrats have had it in for this guy since he supposedly helped Donald Trump defeat Hillary. So I guess all the awful things happening in this country and all over the world, the U.S. government is worried about getting revenge on an editor. Pretty sick, huh? Well, I'm going to get more into that harsh injustice at a later time. So... Critical Mass and Judy Gaddis. 
it seems there was some kind of uh, really awful nonsense going on between those two entities, and and in no way did I mean to start that. I um, I thought Ms. Gaz was an interesting uh, person to have on the show. She's uh, she's very she was controversial, but she has a lot to say. And I thought that you know I had, had a lot of uh, interesting questions I wanted to ask her, but then I got uh, a little bit of a or flack for it from certain uh, certain place uh, or entity that I um, let's say work that I, I wrote I wrote one article for um, called Critical Mass and um, you know I, I mean I, I, I dig everybody there uh, the, the, the people that I've spoken to but to um, to basically uh, you know uh, to basically uh, uh, you know intimidate me not to have a guest on, on my show I mean. I thought that was a little uh, off base. I, I know I'm young, and, and a lot of these guys and gals have been around a while. And you know, I like like first of all, I'm an American from Jersey City. First, firstly, so you know this this you know uh, beef or whatever between you know these two uh, Judy and, and whoever else uh, racial Swindon and, and there was another. Um, I I can't really say much about it. Um, like I said, Mr. Middleton is a great guy. Um, you know, he did a lot for me. He, he actually, um, he reread some of my stuff and he, and he had the, uh, you know, go, he showed it to the Globe, Dangerous Globe guys and they liked it. And now I'm going to continue writing for them. And I just want you to know, if you do hear this, that I love you, Dave, but, but I must be removed from the roster of writers. And Ms. Gaddis, allow me to apologize for succumbing to the pressure of trying to work within a group. You know, this is a, I, um, yeah, I was writing for a long time, you know, I have my own blog and everything, but, you know, it was exciting to, to write on a, on a site with, with other, with other great, uh, you know, with other writers and, and be able to, uh, you know, get more people to, to see your, your work and everything. But, um, this show right here, this show is, is for me and for people who want to hear about, um, you know, international issues, maybe have a laugh now and again. You know, this is not about you know which group you're a part of, or or who's who may be a racist, or or who may be a race baiter, or whatever the case is. This is not, you know, like I, I don't hide from controversial issues, but when it comes to people or you know guests I'm gonna have, or people that you know that I that I worked with, I I, I can't, you know, I can't allow that to to um to mess up my show. I just I just I just can't allow that to happen. So um. For now, I want to put that to bed. You know, moving on. Uh, I actually, I really hate to make this show about me or anything other than what's important in the world. So let's put that childish crap behind us for now and talk about the American prison industrial complex. I wrote a piece you can find on DangerousGlobe.com. Now, one of Joe Biden's big promises was to shrink the state population, or excuse me, the state prison population by half. Now, I know he's not even been in there a year, but nothing has been done about this. Prison populations have actually rose. So, um, uh, basically, if you, if you look at some statistics about it, um, obviously, it's overwhelmingly um, African-American. The prison population is overwhelmingly African-American. Um, there's a statistic that one in every three African-American males will spend some time in jail in their lifetime. Now think about that. One in three. That's, that's, it's, it's, 
it's really like it's it's it and, and it's a true it's a true statistic um you know you can look it up on the google uh machine and it's a it's a real true statistic now biden promised over and over again during his 2020 presidential campaign to eliminate incarceration amongst people who are not deemed threats to society you know you know there, there were these they still have these laws on the books for for drug dealers I mean, you know, drug dealers, you know, they, 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 they do uh, certain things that make your neighborhood uh, a little less safe or whatever. But, you know, three, three strikes and you're outlaw, they called it. If you got caught selling, uh, especially with crack cocaine at the time, but, you know, selling, uh, you know, three drug charges for, for selling drugs, you get a life sentence. There are people in prison for life. Selling powder. Now I know you know drug drug addiction is a big thing, man. It, it it destroys families. It destroys lives. But the person who is who is you know who is peddling these drugs, they're not forcing anybody to buy them. It's it's not they're not committing homicide. You know it's a, it's a choice. You have a choice. You know once you become an addict, your choices basically go away. But you still. You still can go get yourself help. These guys are out here because, you know, they, they don't want to work or they can't work or this is what they chose to do with their lives. And you're going to put them in jail for life? For life. You know, you didn't get it right the first two times, third time, you're going to be in prison forever. It, it, it's nuts. So, um, you know, when you look at the U.S. prison uh, inmates, uh, the number of prison inmates, when compared to other nations, it's quite mind-boggling. The United States, which is a country of over 300 million, is first in the world in prisoners. And of course, China is, has, uh, always comes in second, 300,000 less. Now, you know, China's statistics can be a, a little uh, fanciful sometimes, but they're, they're deemed an authoritarian communist dictatorship. Um, you know, to have less inmates than that of the beacon of freedom and democracy, it's, it's, it's quite astounding. And then, you know, the little top five thing, you had Brazil, India, and Russia were the other two, uh, you know, top five that, that, that um, you know, I checked up on. And that's really quite a head scratcher, isn't it? Uh, Brazil, you know, the largest, uh, uh, the largest country in the, uh, I guess, southern western hemisphere. One of the more violent countries in this hemisphere had 51,000 known homicides just two years ago. And, um... Well, let me tell you something. I mean, you have a lot of corruption there, you know, lack of police uh, in Brazil. But but for the United States to be the number one in the world in such a category as, you know, most prisoners, it's, it's disgraceful. And then you got Russia rounding out the top five. Now, that's a shocker for me. And for one, you know, major reason, due to the fact, that, you know, any hint of anti-Putin sentiment, you can get locked away in one of the, you know, Russia's got these like state-of-the-art uh, facilities, you know, it's really terrifying. Uh, one is ominously titled the Black Dolphin, you know? So um, anyway, uh, fun fact is that, you know, uh, of the world's 9 million prisoners, uh, half of them are housed in the United States, China, and Russia. I mean, those are all big big countries, but it just gives you, gives you a, a good idea of, you know, you got your your uh, you know your beacon of capitalism. You got your authoritarian capitalism, and then you got your so-called you know communist superstate of China. And that's uh, you know that uh, their prisons are are, are overflowing. Um, so originally, um, 
one of the main reasons I, I, I believe this you know, is attributed to was the, in, the, the in, invention of privatized for-profit prison facilities. Now, you, you would think, why would, any, uh, you know, why would any corporation want to get involved you know, in the, in the justice or, or in the prison system? And, and I'll tell you what, it seems to be a real moneymaker. Uh, another unfortunate aspect of the freedom of enterprise, you know, and, and um, you know, these corporate-run prisons, they offer, obviously, dirt-cheap construction labor from inmates. They also have much cheaper surveillance system, food, medical distributors, uh, you know, corrections officers, lawyers, mental health workers. So, basically, um, the state loves, loves these places because they can save money. The ACLU, not happy about the... Um, the rising of um, privatized prison, obviously. According to uh, sentencingproject.org, as of 2019, there's 116,000 U.S. inmates, or 8.3%, are being housed in these uh, in for-profit facilities. Um, you know, and you, we thought we may have found a bipartisan issue. You know, finally, you know, this was an issue that you know the the the, the Republicans were worried about the taxes to pay for the inmates. You know, uh, that was basically their main thing. And the Democrats with the, oh, the, the human rights and, and all, and all of this. And, and, you know, uh, you know, they, if they're not a threat to society, don't put them in jail. But nothing's happening right now. Like I said, I live in New Jersey and, and, and they made an effort with the, with the bail reform and everything. I uh, explained that, I believe, in episode nine of my first season. But, you know, so it's really it, it's it, nothing is happening. And, um you know, as, as time goes on and, and as the, uh, the price of living goes up, you know, um, and with COVID, it's just, you know, you're going to see more crime. I mean, this is a prediction, I, you know, of, of mine. I don't, I can't say that it's definitely going to be the case, but you're, you're going to have more crime. So you're going to have more people in prisons and, and it's a shame. So, I mean, obviously, um, uh, the U.S. justice system continues to fill up these jails with minorities, mostly African Americans, and, and, and of course that's that's been the case for as long as as I, I've been around. The overwhelming statistics of people of of color in the prison system compared to the other races it's not a shocker, but when you hear so many statistics, it might hit you a bit harder. Uh, according to PrisonPolicy.org, the number of people incarcerated per one hundred thousand overwhelmingly not just african-american but all minorities and of course coming in second to last in his study was caucasians with asian americans finishing dead last the racism in the justice uh, just system in the united states it could take decades to rectify one study that gives a little glimmer of hope uh was the pew research i believe african-american uh, uh prisonment fell by a third from 2006 to 2018, now that's a, that's a 12 year period, but that's maybe the only positive statistic I can give you in this entire little piece here. I, I can't really, um, you know, I can't, I can't say anything else positive about what's happening with, with our uh, prison, uh, you know, our prison system, our justice system. It's still unfair. It's unfair to poor people, unfair to minorities, and unfair basically to anyone who can't afford you know, a top-notch lawyer, or if you're, you know, how, you know, if you're Bill Cosby or uh, uh, what's the other guy, or O.J. Simpson, or, or uh, the other jerk off, Robert Blake. But um, so yeah, uh, so so really, the thing about about uh about the current incarceration, you know, who's currently incarcerated, and and um, the, the you know the major trend is 
that 76% of state inmates as of 2020 met the criteria of either being mentally ill or having some sort of drug dependency. Now, that is not shocking, I'm sure, to many of you, but um, 76% is, is a bit shocking. I mean, um, I may have mentioned this before that I did spend some time, you know, in the stir, as they say, as they used to say, and, and not, not a long time, but I, not a long enough time, you know, to, to, to uh, still dream about it, you know, you know to, to, you know, remember remember everything about it, how, how, how cold it was, how lonely it was in there. And, um, you know, how, how basically your human rights are taken away. Now, you know, obviously you commit a crime of, of a certain stature and, and that's going to, you know, well, what else can you do? I mean, in some countries, actually, in Scandinavia, I think they treat the inmates a little too, too well. But um, basically, they, they dehumanize you to the point. Now, it's a shame in certain instances, like if, uh, if, I don't know. You you got caught. Um, I don't know. You're hungry. This isn't me. I'm just making an example. You know, you're hungry one day, and and uh, you know, you went into your uh, convenience mart. You stuffed a few, uh, you know, a few uh, stocks of food out. You know, in your jacket, and you got caught, and, and oh, you know, it was over fifty dollars, and you had to sit in, in jail and wait for your court date for for a month and a half. Now, is that really, you really deserve to be dehumanized for something like that? I, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, of course, you know, you know, you're, you're a slap on the wrist for, for doing such a thing or whatever. But, um, you know, basically that's where, that's where the overpopulation comes, comes from is, is, is people waiting for court dates, not being able to bail out, um, you know, putting people in jail for, for traffic offenses. I mean, I know, I know, I know they make a lot of money off of it, but they also, it also costs them a lot of money. Depending on the, uh, you know, depending on the state, depending on the facility. So, um, really, these listless uh, bureaucrats, you know, liberals and conservative alike, uh, cannot see what the major societal problem is that's causing these high prison rates, and they're just not paying attention. Um, so, what's it going to be, guys? Uh, is it going to be a continued revolving door, unfair justice system for the poor and downtrodden, for profit? Maybe somebody will come along with not only just a hint of empathy and common sense, but also the notion that having the largest prison population in the world is nothing to be proud about. On the contrary, it's a massive embarrassment. And to hear Joe Biden and so many others before him make these campaign promises about reforming the justice system, it's just becoming another disgraceful lie to get elected. So for this, another national stain on the country that promotes freedom above all else, some way this alarming trend of mass incarceration must someday come to an end. I don't know if it ever will, but it must, because um, what we're doing really is, um, you got to think of it, think of the, it's so corny to say, you know, say it, but you got to think of the children out there, you know, parents in jail, you know, you, know, you, you got one parent, they, you know, they, they, they do some maybe. You know, they get put in jail, even six months. Now, this child, you know, you have to go to a family member if the child's lucky enough, or they get into the system. And once once the child gets into the system, it's hard to get him back, he or she back, and, and it's a real problem. It is a real, real problem. And a lot of these are, are like, you know, they call misdemeanors. And, and, you know, something has to be changed. They have to focus on it. You know, they talk about it in passing all the time. You know, if you watch these goofy debates they have, um, you know, before an election, and they always bring it up. It's, you know, sort of, sort of like the immigration deal. They'll bring it up, 
but you know they'll, they'll talk about it and then once one of them gets you know whoever wins it, it gets it gets swept under the rug you know it gets swept under the rug it always does it has done it has done since uh i mean 18 for the last uh, 20 years since i've been uh, following these type of things so moving on um Moving on, what would a Rambler episode be without speaking of Israel and Palestine? You know, um, what's going to be the end result there, folks? I mean, are, are we ta- are we talking apartheid? Like, because it's already it's being run in such a way already. So um, it's it's a difficult. Uh, it's always difficult to speak of, but um, the bombings continue, and um, Naftali Bennett is just. He's worse than Benjamin Netanyahu, and I, I, I took a lot of shots at BB. Uh, BB doesn't make him any uh, less of a, of, a, of a war criminal, but this guy, I mean, this guy, he's out of control. And I mean, can anyone explain to me why the hell they bombed Syria again? Israel, under their current regime, is the most violent nation state on earth. We talk about being worried about North Korea nuking someone. We, we talk about we're being worried about, um, I don't know, uh, Al-Shabaab and all these other terrorist groups. I know they do awful things, you know, they, they, civilians. But Israel's bombing civilians. They are. It, it's They are. And um, it, it really needs to stop. And it's not going to stop because nobody is telling them to stop. So, I mean... Um, Right now, right now, the, the that part of the world has really. And, and when I was younger, it was always like, you know, it was a, it was a powder keg, you know, you know, you, you had the Gulf War when I was very young, and then you know, you always had like, uh, I remember used to seeing. Uh, I brought this up uh, not not too long ago, but yeah, I remember seeing Arafat talking with, uh, you know, Shimon Perez, and then it was uh, the other guy that the uh, guy was with the tank general. His his uh, name is uh, is uh, escaping me right now, but yeah, so so you had that. And, and you always had like the American president go, go in there between the two of them and they'd sit down, you know, and they, they, they'd have a big, you know, most of the time it was just a photo op. But at least, you know, they, they'd be in the same room and just being in the same room with, with someone else, you know, you're most likely not going to bomb, you know, their whatever capital city or big, you know, their city the next day. You know, you just had tea and coffee with this guy. You're not just gonna be all right. I walk out the door, and, you know, and, and start start you know launching missiles. They don't even try. They don't even try anymore. And and it's 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 despicable. It's a terrible thing. And, and, and children, civilians are dying. So anyway, let's go back where we started. Back to, to the monstrosity of abortion. One thing I just want to say: women's bodies are not to be used to gain a political edge. And um, it's also not a way for evangelical Christians to gather outside Planned Parenthoods with quite uh, threatening signs, sometimes actual, um, you know, actual violence uh, being brought to these facilities when women, you know, just just they, they have the right to choose. It's in the United States Constitution and it still hasn't changed. I don't know why these states are allowed to, to, to you know, run off and make their own laws. It's stupid. But um, you know what else is stupid? I'm going to finish it off on this. The whole thing that happened uh, this morning, or well, this morning where I am, afternoon, morning, uh, over across the pond there, and the whole thing with the with the interview uh, with Miss Gaddis, and then uh, I was going to have an interview with uh, with Susie, who lovely woman. She's a lovely woman. We actually had a nice nice chat, and the sound didn't come out great, but that wasn't it. I just I just felt like. 
I just felt I felt cheesy. I felt like, okay, I'm gonna cancel with this girl because, you know, the the the, the site that I write with, you know, they're all gonna quit if I if I you know and whatever. If they, I'm sure, whatever she did said to, to to these people upset them greatly. I didn't really look that much into it, but so yeah, so I had to change my whole uh my whole uh, storyboard, which, which I don't like, but you know what, Mr. Uh, the fellow that runs that, I, I, I respect him. I, I will always respect him greatly, but to have to change the show. And then, you know, it's, it's six o'clock in the morning here, here in New York. And, and then to get, uh, to get, uh, the, uh, the, the lady from uh critical mass to come on. And, and I just felt that I had the interview. She, she was, she was wonderful, but I just, I wasn't myself. And, um, I wouldn't put something out there that wasn't, you know, that wasn't my, uh, my, at least my hundred percent best I could try to do. So, uh, I want to apologize to her. I want to apologize to Judy Gaddis that this silly political nonsense got in the way of me talking to somebody for 15 minutes or 20 minutes. So, uh, I mean, I'm a little angry about it. I mean, I'm sure the critical mass guys and gals are not going to be too happy about me. I may lose some listeners, but listen, uh, but Hey, you know, I got to be who I am. I, I can't, I can't be, uh, uh, I don't say bullied because they, they asked me nicely, but you know, to, to who I can bring on my show and who I can't, I, I, I'm not going to go for that. Uh, I'm not. And we share similar views in many ways, but I am not gonna, you know, uh, prepare for something for a whole week, speak to this woman Every other day, make sure that she's still she's still down, you know, for the interview and what we're going to talk about. And I wrote a, and then I got to cancel it because she had a problem with one of these, with, uh, with one of the females or, or men or whoever with that site. And so I can't write for them anymore. And uh, it's a shame. It's really a shame, but it's it's just the way it's got to be because um, anybody who knows me personally, I mean, this social media thing, you don't really get to know something too personally. But anybody who does know me personally knows that I do not, I do not back down. I don't like to be, uh, I don't like to be, uh, you know, told what to do. I mean, obviously, you know, you have your job, but you know, I wasn't get paid to write for that site. I mean, it's a wonderful site. I still recommend uh, folks go and read it, go on there and look at it. It's a great site, but you know, I'm not going to be told what to do about what I'm going to do with my with my creative uh, ventures, you know, with my show, it's just not going to happen. So we talked a little bit about the the prison industrial complex, which I hope, uh, you know, I hope you guys got something out of that. I'm sorry I had to discuss this nonsense, but you know, uh, after it's probably still going on right now as I'm as I'm doing this, but you know, I just I would love to put that to rest, guys. Just block each other, and, and that's it. I mean, we're, we're not we we're not millionaires here, you know. We're just. We're just people who who, uh, who are using, you know, modern technology to try to get our ideas out there. And to, to do this, it's it, it's childish. And, and I and I hope everybody, you know, that doesn't boycott, you know, and, and listens to this. And maybe they'll they'll agree with me and just you know let bygones be bygones and and just avoid each other. I mean, I mean, nobody's gotten hurt, have they? You know, where I where I, where I reside, people get hurt for things like this. Hurt. Like like gang violence, we're talking here. So this is stupid. It's stupid. 
And you know what else is stupid? The abortion law in Texas is stupid. It's more than stupid. It's it's dangerous. It's 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 a it's a dangerous thing. Women there are are in, are are in for a lot of difficulties. It's difficult for me to even bring up this uh you know this this topic. It's it's hard, man. But you know I I, I wanted to talk about it originally a bit. And I'm gonna ask Susie. Was, was gonna, I was gonna talk to her. You know, I wrote three. I didn't say scripts. I had three different storyboards. You know, done within a day or two. So, you know, but I like to get my show out because I love it. I love to do it, and and I know a lot of people love to listen to it. So, um, hopefully, next week, you know, things will be a, a bit more in order. And uh, I'm not sure. I, I think I'm gonna have a guest next week, but it has nothing to do with Judy Gaddis or Critical Mass. It's just a uh, well, an independent guest that I want to speak to next week. So, uh, yeah, this is, was The Gentle Rambler. This was a very interesting uh, episode 21 of season three. And I'm signing off.